Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Consulting Trap. I'm your host, Brian Maddox, and I am joined today by Adam Clark with One Bold Step. Welcome, Adam. Hey, thanks for having me. Adam, can you tell us about your journey uh, from, from start to where you're at? Yes. So I guess I can start my, with my journey. Um, I'll start right after college. So I think it's an interesting uh, piece to just kind of encompass where I was. And I had started uh, my journey after college being a membership coordinator for a local first, which tried to recruit uh, local businesses and almost similar to a chamber of commerce, but only focused there and got to meet a ton of different business owners was always kind of in this sales hat where I moved to a technology consulting firm. And after meeting somebody from this local first connection and started working in the technology space as been really focused on sales and figured out that in order to drive leads, I had to put my marketing hat on and really started to read and learn and teach myself all about this marketing skill sets, everything from digital demand gen to content writing to how do you get that out there. And really, that's when I said to myself, I should really have a marketing role and not just a sales role. And that's kind of introduced me into this journey where now here I am running a marketing agency. Interesting. Uh, one of the things that um, uh, is, I think of, of deep interest to our listeners is how did you, um, how does your, the experience in the membership driven uh, sort of business model uh, inform your current marketing? So, Really, when I first started at Local First uh, and running into this membership, it was it was door to door, really door to door sales. You were meeting business owners. You were going in. Sometimes they knew exactly and they found out about Local First and were interested in it. But it was kind of getting your feet wet and just meeting people, talking to people, what their needs were. You know, trying to obviously pitch this membership. And I think I learned a lot just about um, what it takes to drive sales and introduce yourself to people, which you, I, th- I think you can translate directly to marketing because they're the lead, they're the introduce, you know, introduction to that funnel if, um, when you think of it. So I learned a lot from doing that and also just the relationship side of the business. Uh, that door-to-door uh, process may have uh, probably built some rejection resistance, right? So uh, in the beginning, when you're first starting out, I don't know if you had this experience, but I know I did. You know, the you, you put your shingle out there and you're just terrified of being rejected in that sales process. You're like, oh, what if they say no? You must have gotten over that pretty quick in the door-to-door kind of model. Yes, yes. And that's the thing is where I think when you get that rejection, you have to figure out different ways to approach it, which is where the marketing came in. And so even when I translated this to the technology company I worked with, and I was in I was in software sales, I had to figure out where it's like, this isn't as fun to do door to door. How do I warm up some of these leads and some of these people before I, uh, I actually, you know, start talking to them and have this real cold intro. And so I started to get into marketing. <laughs> It's like, let's share some content with them that might interest them. Let's let's shoot them some uh, useful information or show them some ads before I ever have to show up on their door. So I just learned a ton about approaching it because of that rejection. And nobody really likes that, right? Right. Absolutely. So how did you parlay that sort of marketing conversation into your first couple of clients? That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I think um, from... I think really because, you know, we're based in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and from having those connections, uh, you know, 
I, we're in a we're in a I think a big but small city here in Grand Rapids. And you, you know, there's a lot of relationship building and you build these relationships and seeing how I was doing this from a membership side, moving it to a technology firm. Um, I, it was easy to transition and it was surprising to transition to a, a, my own firm because of the connections I had made, made in the industry or in this, in this market. So, um, having those conversations were, were, were fairly simple. How has your approach to acquiring clients evolved since you first started out? What's what's different now versus what you were doing back then? So I uh, I don't know what's different now, but I did I learned something about what's important to remember when it came to uh, either marketing or uh, sales, and that's consistency. And, you know, following through when you say you're going to follow through. And I think that in my journey throughout when I started to where I am now, having that consistency of follow through, which is really why we we created One Bold Step, was really the execution side of marketing. Um, that is something that was ingrained in me when we when I first started and continues to this day of like accountability execution, follow through, those completions for when somebody, because there's always some new idea that somebody could have from a sales or marketing perspective, but it's really how you execute on that. That's really, really important. So I think that's been consistent. I think there's been all kinds of different changes just because your marketing and sales approaches always can kind of change and pivot. Uh, We just went through that, obviously, with the pandemic. So many things changed. So there's always something that's going to change there, but the consistent is let's get it done. Gotcha. So with a with a meaningful uh, roster of clients, how are you uh, how are you able to track all of those kind of commitments you're making along the way? That sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, when you say commitments, what? Uh, well, you, you, you talked about follow through being uh, hyper important, right? So how are how is your uh, how are you tracking follow through? How are you managing uh, that? Like, oh, I I need to follow up with that person in six months, or oh, I need to follow up with that person in two years. Like, what does that look like? Good question. So uh, from our standpoint, there's I think there's two different two different ways about doing it. Is uh, from a sales perspective, we use and we always try to push uh, our clients and team members to use some type of CRM, right? CRM marketing automation to help you kind of keep track of that funnel, marketing funnel, what's going on there. So, you know, we practice what we preach. So we use we use HubSpot internally from a sales perspective of that follow-up, that reminder, here's what's happening. If it's not me, then there's some type of communication going out and keeping consistent. And then when somebody becomes a client and, you know, there's all kinds of project management softwares out there and we follow more of an agile project management software to keep us accountable to when we actually, you know, are doing client work. And the tool we use is Asana. So I would recommend from a sales funnel, always having a CRM or marketing automation system that will help you. And then from that real work is to get a project management software. Terrific. And so um, when it comes to your, uh, your, your sort of target market size, your client, uh, client size, are there clients that the, um, that, that marketing based approach, 
um, hasn't worked for? I mean, clients that you have in your profile where you're like, they, we didn't come, we didn't get to them through marketing and the door to door sales wasn't how we, how they got here. How did they get through the door when they didn't come in through either of those two sort of, uh, channels? Uh, so I think the, with that, there's a lot of referrals that we get. Um, I think from our business, having those connections with what we do, we get a lot of referrals from strategy coaches or strategic planners for organizations. Um, so that's a big one. Leadership coaches are those, uh, you know, professional coaches because somebody has an idea of like, Hey, I need to, I need to do a better job with my marketing and sales process who can help me. And then we get introduced that way. So that's been, that's been really nice and beneficial for, from, from an organization standpoint. So, do you have a program in your organization to nurture those um, referral relationships? Yes, definitely. Keep that communication. Um, there's, you know, just that that those check-ins that we have to make sure we're top of mind as well, which is really, really important and keep that consistent. Definitely. Is that a, um, is that a program? So I, I, I've gotten conflicting um, kind of information from, uh, folks that I've spoken to uh, on the show and outside the show about whether or not referral programs should be uh, paid for or should be um, based on goodwill. What is your take on that? Do you pay for your referrals or do you um, do you get a, a warm payment with a thank you and a uh, you know Christmas goose kind of thing? So I think depending on depending on what you're doing and where your market fits, uh, right now for us, we don't pay for referrals. Uh, we, we haven't needed to now we might buy a nice glass, you know, my, some whiskey or some beers and here's that. But, uh, other than that, it's been reciprocal. And I think that's where you need to start from that re referral and really working on your partnership relationships first, um, is that connection. Now, if you're in a different space, and that's really come from maybe from a B2B perspective, but if you're in this B2C space where you have a large market where you can ask referrals and give discounts on things, that's going to be a little bit different. And I think it just depends on what you're selling and who you're marketing to in order to make that decision. Mm, that's interesting. The 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 kind of who and what uh, of the referral mechanic. Now, um, you mentioned that you get referrals from coaches and stuff like that, and you try and have that reciprocal relationship. How do you manage having, um, you know, let's say you have 10 referral partners referring to you. How do you refer back out to 10 people? <laughs> that sounds sounds like a challenge. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of it's understanding them it, to know what industries they fit into and who they're going to work with and what relationships going to jive well with the people that you're referring to. And also, I love to say, hey, I'm going to pass. Here's uh, here's two to three people you should talk to and let them land that deal, right? They're probably doing the same thing for us when they bring us in. You should talk to these marketing firms and which one fits best for your business. You should pick them. So we don't expect to be the only option there. Um, and that's kind of how we, we, we dole it out as well. It's like, hey, I, I'm transparent. I also gave this to, you know, two other people um, that we know. And usually people are very, very still excited about getting that warm introduction. Oh, that's terrific. So do um, you... Go ahead. I was say with referrals, one thing, you know, I've done a little bit of research on referrals and I think that reciprocal. So even if you're... Uh, one thing I've I've been doing a lot of reading on is as long as you can benefit from it, 
and the person you're referring can benefit from it, your referral program is going to be better. Yeah, absolutely. That uh, what goes around comes around kind of model is, is has always been successful in my mind. When it comes to the referrals that you're passing, do you find that the ones that you pass are mostly downstream or upstream? Um, I would say probably uh, a little bit of both. It's yeah, I mean, a little bit of both. It's it's interesting, right? Because the you'll occasionally get a prospect come in and you're like, well, you're not quite ready for me. Um, or, you know, you need more of this downstream stuff that I'm not, you know, I'm not equipped to do, or it's really, you know, outside of our scope. Um, how do you make those determinations and and how do you pitch those, uh, as, um, uh, when you're dealing with prospects, like that whole, you're not ready conversation is, is pretty challenging. How does that work for you? It's tough, right? When you tell somebody, Hey, you're not, you're not ready to move forward with us, but here's a different direction because they're not expecting that. And so I think um, that makes it that makes it super, super tough when you're in the middle of there. But I think being transparent and giving them the reason why and you know doing a good introduction on here, I think this could benefit from you. That's the approach I've taken that has gone really, really well. So I think of a scenario um, recently where somebody had went came to us and they're just i don't think they're ready for the marketing execution that you know they're just not the size that we need um or where really they're going to get a benefit from from one bold step from where they're at right now and we were able to pass that and just saying hey here's why and understanding that and they agree so I think uh, you, you great up a brought up a great point to segue. So so who is a good fit for one bold step, and how should they get a hold of you when you're when they're ready? Yeah, so I think the uh, we work with a lot of B two B companies, so business to business, and the the right fit for us are typically people that want to scale. Um, they've been doing something for a while, and they're looking to make a change from whether, you know, and really it comes at a at a revenue point. And so we talk to companies that are in this three to five that want to get to 10, 10 to 12 that want to get to 20, 20 that want to get to 50, and then 50 that want to get to 100. And then once you get past that, you're you're messy and you need you need an execution partner typically to help clean things up and organize and have that strategy. So we look at companies that are saying, okay, we want to do something different and, and actually scale the organization because then they're thinking about market, marketing in a different way. They're getting a little bit more strategic about their marketing and sales process and realize they need to do something differently to scale to that next level. And so that's the organizations that we want to work with. Uh, the the organizations that come to us and say, hey, we think we want to scale and they don't really have a plan to scale, they're there, that's going to be a struggle. Um, if you're happy with where you're at, and there's no problem with being happy if you're still making money and your team's satisfied and everything else and your clients, there are certain there are certain companies that are just going to, that's where they're going to be and that's okay or a small growth. Um, those aren't our type of clients. So just you know, uh, a side side question here. What What is an indicator on your end when you're talking to somebody that they want to scale versus they want to stay the same place? Uh, they have, um, they're serious about revenue goals and you can usually tell by, Hey, we want to scale at this percent, or we want to hit this revenue number. 
And they come to us and say, in order to do so, we have, we're going to invest in marketing dollars and sales dollars to actually do those. So it's two things in my mind of you want to have a revenue goal, but you're also knowing that in order to hit that revenue goal, your budget might need to increase from a marketing, uh, marketing perspective and you need to do something differently. So. Um, there's also a conversation that we typically have with clients about what type of systems they're using. So going back to that whole CRM, like I know I can't grow unless I put in some type of CRM or marketing automation system because what mm. I'm doing right now in spreadsheets doesn't scale. And you'd be, it's shocking to me sometimes when somebody comes to me and they're a $50 million organization and they're using spreadsheets. <laughs> You know, they might have an ERP, but their sales team, their marketing team, uh, they've got disconnected systems and the team hates to use the ERP system and they're using spreadsheets to manage their pipeline. And that's a perfect example of like, you know, a client that says we need to scale, but we can't do what we're doing in order to scale. Right. That's interesting. All right. I think that definitely helps me narrow down kind of who would be a good fit. That um, I, I think, and a lot of a lot of folks can kind of relate to the pressure of trying to scale, and at the same time, you 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 have best fit tools at all times, right? You always kind of work to the the worst possible toolkit, right? Yes, because you stop improving it once it functions. In yes. general, right? Yes, um, and you can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to work for getting you to the next level. Cool. Um, so, uh, Adam, in your journey to, to where you are, uh, you know, uh, looking for those three big things you picked up along the way. What do you got? Three big things that relationships matter. Right. And so just because somebody says maybe a no now or that connection, there's always that follow up and that that relationship that you need to be, build with that individual. Um, I think the other piece and I had mentioned this earlier, which is that accountability and if if you're not accountable for your um your own actions, you know, how do you find somebody that will help you be accountable and ask for that help? I think is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Don't be worried about that. Um, and you know, that comes from marketing or sales, whatever you're doing. Uh it, it that's important to have that accountability partner. I like that term. Um and then also a big one that we talk about all the time and I've learned is marketing's not a switch. You know, people are like, is marketing on or off? It's not a, it's not a switch. It's a dial. And I think we've been talking a lot about that internally of like marketing can be increased and decreased, but it's never an on off switch. And if it's an on off switch, you're thinking of it the wrong way. So we hate it when somebody's like, is marketing on? Yes. Marketing should always be on. <laughs> That's terrific. <laughs> so those three things I think are important that come to mind right now. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Adam, I want to thank you for being on the show today. And I'm looking forward to hearing more as your company progresses. So circle back with us in a couple of months. Appreciate it, Brian. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at brian at podcastchef.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at P-O-D-C-I-S-T-C-H-E-F dot com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our podcasting done-for-you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. 
reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, We will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck, uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, Our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks. Thanks.